Midlife Surfer Podcast lives on. Midlife Surfer Podcast lives on. Hey. Man. Where have you been? Where the hell have I been? What the fuck? How are you? My name's Jeff. I'm a small wave lover. I'm a Craigslist scroller. I drink black coffee. I chew Nicorette. I drive a 2013 Honda Pilot. I'm a father of two. I'm 41. I'm a midlife surfer. I bet you are too. I'm so stoked you tuned back in. It's been a long time, hasn't it? I was looking at the last date of my Midlife Surfer pod publication sensation, April 22nd. Here we are. This is July 4th. You guys are familiar with July 4th here in the States, right? That's Independence Day. That's the 4th of July. That's the day we declared independence after we kicked the British's ass, declared our independence, signed the Declaration of Independence. But I have some Brits listening too, and some Aussies. Anyway, I doubt you celebrate July 4th, but here we are in a national, American national holiday. It's a Tuesday. Still have my June calendar up. Let me take that down real quick. Update. In real time, we're going to update the date in my office located in a little separate enclave in the Santa Cruz, at the foot of the Santa Cruz Mountains. And bucolic Santa Cruz. Yes, we're at Tuesday, July 4th, 2023. And uh, I come to you bearing a humble podcast once more. It's been too long. And uh, look, I haven't quit the pod, but uh, life comes at you fast sometimes. And I've been busy. And not with fun stuff. I got to, you know, listen, I've been honest with you at this podcast with things that have happened and uh, I don't know, mostly honest about my shitty surfing. And I think that's the appeal of this. I think surfing is, uh, well, you know it, I know it. Surfing's hard and that's what makes it fun is that it's so hard and it's a moving carrot on a stick. And uh, every time, you know, you progress a little bit, I think that carrot moves forward and I'm beginning to realize that's kind of how life is too, right? Anyway, I lost my best friend, who's also my cousin. His name was Daniel Coleman. He uh, passed away May 20th, and uh, it has and did and still is rocking my world. It hurts. Just talking about it makes me want to cry again (laughs) and again. And... uh, yeah, so I'll tell you the story. You know, uh grew up with Daniel. Our moms are sisters, born and raised in uh, not bucolic Fresno, but I like to call it God's country. And, uh, and I've known Daniel since I can remember. I'm 10 months older than him. Uh, we grew up together. We spent many summer days together, many winter days together, sleepovers. There has not been a moment in my life in which Daniel wasn't my best friend, my confidant, uh, just someone I could rely on. And, uh, you know, I have two boys. I have Joseph and I have little Daniel. I named my younger son after Daniel. I'm the godson to his son. 
And it's been heavy, 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 heavy. In fact, uh, second to last time I saw Daniel, it was over Easter. We always have a nice little Easter get together and Daniel always stays extra long. Boy, this is already more difficult than I thought it'd be. Daniel would stay uh, extra long. We'd shoot hoops. <laughs> We'd play horse with my boys around my neighborhood, uh, or rather my neighborhood, <laughs> around my hood. No, at my home, uh, we knew him as Big Daniel because, of course, there's little Daniel here too. So, so yeah, Daniel passed away. I, uh, I'll save you the details, but on that day, I took my boy Joe. He had his uh, playoff game in the Little League playoffs. <laughs> for the uh, He played for the Rockies. He was playing the A's that day. He was just named uh, to his 10-year-old All-Star team, which was, um, you know, I mean, it's not a huge league. There's five teams, you know. So, I mean, we were proud of him. I'm proud of him. He loves baseball. I love baseball, as you know, as you may or may not know. I love baseball. Played a pretty decent catcher. And he's just a, he's just a, he just tries hard. He just gets his game face on and he shows up and he's uh he's not flashy, he's not the best athlete on the team, but he runs the hardest. He's probably one of the smartest players on the team. I'm not talking book smart. I'm talking, you know, baseball smart. He just kind of gets the rhythm and the flow of competition. He's that same way in in, uh, in soccer, and he's he's fearless. In fact, <laughs> uh, my cousin Daniel would call called him Lionhearted uh, when he saw Daniel play uh, earlier this season. In fact, the last time I saw Daniel was at Joe's little league game, and uh, and sure enough, he hit third in the order. There's a kid uh, just striking people out left and right. I, our, the, our Rockies were intimidated by him. I think two straight kids struck out to start the game. Joe got up there. He's a lefty. First, for always first pitch swinging, like Pablo Sandoval or Vlad Guerrero Jr. And uh, dink nails a uh, nails a, no. Actually, I guess it would technically be scored a single, but he makes it to, to second because you know in little league they overthrow. But right up the middle. And uh, in fact, Big Daniel filmed that, <laughs> recorded that on his phone. And right when he hit it, he goes, "Yup." And uh, anyway, that was that was that was the last time I saw. I saw Daniel and uh, you know, it's strange how my son's little league season was. um, I'll always associate it with Daniel this year for a couple reasons. Um, Let's start with my boy has hair, longer hair just over his ears. When he wears a baseball hat, he looks like Pete Rose. Look up Pete Rose, like 1979 Pete Rose, maybe 1981 Pete Rose. He looks like that. (laughs) I remember sending a picture of that to Daniel, uh, I think on picture day for Joe when the season just started. And, you know, he kind of got a kick out of that saying how serious his face looks, etc. And uh, later in the year, he hit an inside the park homer down the first baseline. Again, technically, it scored a triple, but it was overthrown, and uh, he went home. And in Little League, that's a home run. At least for Joe, it is. I remember I actually caught that on video. I sent that to Daniel, uh, too. He lived just north of me in San Jose. I would see him quite often, uh, probably on average once a month, if I'm lucky, twice. 
then maybe we'd go a month or two without seeing each other. You know, you know how it is with a friend. Um, but we always stayed in touch and we constantly texted and I, I miss, <laughs> there's been so many times I just want to text him something that crosses my mind, a song I heard or a show I saw or just something to make fun of. But, uh, but he's not there to text. So I just kind of, I just kind of text him in my, in my brain. Anyway, Joe hit a uh, Inside the Park homer. I, uh, I sent that video to him. He sent me a lot of complimentary, you know, sweet replies. He loved Joe. And uh, he called him lion-hearted, brave, courageous. And, uh, and Joe does. He plays in a brave, courageous way. So, you know, I would always say, Joe, you know what Daniel calls you? He's like, yeah, I know, lion-hearted. I don't like that word, Dad. Why don't you like it? I don't know. It just sounds, I don't like the way it sounds. So well, let me read the definition to you. It means brave and courageous. He's like, yeah, whatever, old man. So, you know, Joe was lionhearted when I, when I sent that inside the park homer to Daniel. And, uh, the last time I saw Daniel was at Joe's little league game sometime in May. May 13th, I want to say. Something like that. And, uh, you know, Joe uh, was named to an all-star team, and I was so proud of him. And I texted uh, Daniel, hey, you know, let me brag about my kid real quick again. Joe made, to, made it to an all-star team, really proud of him. In fact, I'll read you the last text I, I sent uh, my sweet Daniel. Uh, and sorry if this is boring the shit out of you, but, uh, you know, go to hell if it is. Uh, I wrote, Josie made AAA All-Stars full-on five-day-a-week practice all June and July tournament versus other leagues. Actually, it was almost six days a week practice. Uh, he made it as a catcher, and the coach told me he might play a shortstop or second base or third base. And he worked hard this year, and uh, he's pretty poised in tough spots. He wants the last at-bat, and he wants to close games. That's what I wrote to Daniel. He wrote me. This was, in fact, on May 18th. Uh, wow, that's amazing. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of you and Darcy. You're raising a great kid. And I said, thanks, buddy. And that was our last text ex exchanged, and he, uh, he passed away two days later. And, you know, um, I found out that he died uh, at my boys' Little League game. <laughs> <laughs> two days you know later right that may 20th and we had a wonderful morning we uh we went to the game early we took took batting cage practice we watched uh the twins and the pirates play ahead of us we were playing the a's and the coach of the twins is a, is a great great coach great guy and he was um you know nominated to coach all-stars and he came over mid-game he jogged over and he saw joe and he said hey joe i just want to congratulate you on making the all-star game making the all-star team. You worked hard this year. You really deserve it. And Joe's all sheepish. And I'm like, look him in the eye, look him in the eye. <laughs> and he, uh, he shook his hand. He gave him a fist bump and he said, dude, you want to see our uniforms? He whipped out his phone and he showed us these nice, cool pinstripe unis. And, uh, you know, it was just a beautiful morning and, uh, they got, they hit the field, they warmed up. We had some neighbors show up to the game, you know, it's the playoffs, right? It's double elimination. We already were in the loser's bracket, so loser was going home. It's a beautiful, sunny day in bucolic Scotts Valley. 
And uh, he's up third again and right off the bat ropes one to center field. Hits it too hard, in fact, for a single. Yeah, Joe! Joe tells me not to yell at him during the game. And uh, I think I've done a bit much better job uh, in the latter part of the part of the season because I, I don't coach. I go out there, I help out. Here's the trick if you have kids. You, 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 you say you want to, you don't want to be the top assistant coach. You just write, uh, I'll volunteer to be an assistant coach. And then you pass the little background check, right? Now you can kind of volunteer yourself at practice when you can make it. And you could also fill in on game days as a first base coach, if someone's not there or as a bench coach, you can kind of have your fingerprints on the season a little bit. And I think Joe appreciates it. I appreciate it selfishly. I mean, I love throwing the ball around. I love little league. I love the whole thing. I feel same with soccer. I feel uh, like I'm in my, I'm my best self at a soccer or a little league practice. <laughs> it's true. Uh, uh, and anyway, I, if you've coached youth sports for your, for your daughter or your son, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so um, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, he t- but my point is when, you, but then when you're sitting in the stands, it's hard to keep your mouth shut. And, uh, anyway, I cheer, I, you know, I just try to cheer him on when he's doing well, but I, I try not to coach him mid game, <laughs> which I'm definitely guilty of. And I'm aware of that anyway, cheer on Joe. And then my little boy, Daniel, little Daniel says, uh, Hey, you know, I wants to go to the snack shack, right? And I got a little cute little snack shack. So I walk up to that window and, uh, he's ordering something. He likely, what did he order? Likely hot chocolate. He likes to get a hot chocolate there, maybe some chips. And then I get a call. And I got a call from someone that I never hear from. And I knew something was up immediately. You never forget that call. So I I said, hi. And uh, the person on the other end said, are you in a position to speak? It's someone I know. Just to, you know, <clears throat> keep their name anonymous. But um, they were with Daniel. And they gave me the news that Daniel had passed away. And uh, I was absolutely shocked. And I remember staring out at the majors field where the big kids play. And, uh, you know, too shocked to cry. Like, what? What? And uh, anyway, coroner had yet to take him away. And I hung up the phone um, and I told my wife and she said, what? My dad was there. My dad, what? It was horrible. It's a horrible memory. And I didn't know what to do with myself. Cause I mean, honestly, I wanted to see Joe's game, but you know, I'm just kind of sorting things out in my brain. And, uh, my wife goes, you have to go up there now. You have to go. And I said, you're right. That's what I needed. I needed marching orders. So my dad and I rushed up to his place uh, before he was taken away. And I had, um, a nice quiet moment with, uh, the best friend I'll ever know. And, uh, you know, told him what he meant to me. He knows what he meant to me. And I said goodbye to him. His service was a week or two later. And uh, I was uh, really had the honor of giving a, a eulogy at his funeral, which was pretty damn heavy. And, uh, you know, he did it. We're Catholic. We did a rosary and then a funeral and, and a burial. and It's a lot. A lot for everybody, a lot for my wife, and uh, you know it's funny. 
I, uh, all year long, I was asked to officiate a wedding. And the dates have flown by now, but I believe Daniel's service was something to the tune of June 6th. And, uh, and the wedding, <laughs> yeah, it was June 6th. And the wedding was June 10th in beautiful Cayucas. And uh, I had to officiate a goddamn wedding after doing a eulogy. So then, you know, a couple days later, I'm a walking zombie. I get the bride and groom, and, and they're beautiful people. Hank and Liz, lifelong friends of Darcy. Hank is, that is. And, and um, you know, she, he, he didn't want to ask Darcy to officiate a wedding um, because that's not her thing. But I think to honor Darcy, he asked me to officiate the wedding. And so, you know, just two or day, three days later, I'm like, I'm, I'm zooming with them. I'm kind of getting some details. I'm interviewing them. I could put together a little outline to do a wedding. I've learned. <laughs> Hell, I, wrote, I could write a eulogy. I know how to record a podcast. I guess I have that gift of gab to a degree. And um, I've actually DJed some weddings before too. Actually, I DJed one wedding with the great Adam Montiel. Like 15 years ago, something like that. We had a blast. And I was, I was the MC. Do my ladies run this motherfucker? Hell yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> life is strange, right? And I, I, uh, I uh, was an officiant at a wedding, a beautiful sunny day in Cayucas. And inside, I was still a wreck. Uh, but the day went well, but it's just, it's not every day you do, you know, not every week. Luckily you do a eulogy for your, your cousin, your best friend. You know, I say he's my cousin. And I say he's my best friend. But it's hard to even explain how close I was to him. I, I don't think anyone knew big Daniel better than me. And no one knows me better than big Daniel. So that much I know for sure. Um, so it, it was heavy. It was a heavy week. And, uh, Life is heavy sometimes. So all through this, Joe has had all-star practice. And, you know, there's just been this kind of, I'll always remember this year uh, for Big Daniel. And I'll remember it for Joe's really special 10-year-old baseball season. He's nine, but he made the 10-year-old all-star team. And we practiced six days a week. And the first day I dropped Joe off, all-star coach, God bless him, said, Jeff, if you want to help out, you're welcome. And I said, I sure do. So those two hours every day, Monday through Saturday, occasionally Sundays, I was basically out there as a, as a third, as a fourth assistant, hitting grounders, catching balls, shagging balls, whatever, you know, helping in the sun with a bunch of all-stars, watching my kid practice, watching my kid get so much better in a month's time, watching all of them. And uh, it really was a respite from the pain that I was feeling. And, uh, you know, did, oh, it's a surf podcast. So I should mention, I, a couple days after Daniel passed, I got lunch with my good buddy, uh, Jason. And uh, I, I've been craving, you know, I should tell you, I got, a, I, got a, I got a new surfboard. I've been craving a fish. And I know I always like want to shop loco. That's lo loco. Shop loco, homes, And I want to shop local. And, um, but... You know that Round Nose Retro by Matt Biolos that lost? That's a pretty board. And I was just, you know, kind of lusting after the dimensions of the 6.0 version. And I'll be damned. We started browsing boards just to kill some time, catch up with my buddy, you know, tell him everything I just told you just days after it occurred. And uh, 
Went to Billabong, nothing there. Went to Freeline, nothing there. Walked down the rip curl of all spots on 41st and there, glistening under the 5,500 Kelvin LED retail lighting. I would guess it's actually like 3,500 Kelvin temperature, a little warmer for a retail setting. Nice little surf shop. Was a white, crisp logo. Not logo less, but I'm not huge on logos. Clean looking, 6-0. Round nose retro fish. Quad setup, 22 wide, 6 feet tall. (laughs) 2 and 5 eighths thick. And I should tell you, you know, I think I surfed. It's kind of been a blur the last, well, really it's been two months since we spoke, but that month from, you know, you know, the first month I, I don't have any excuse for you, right? Like I, I didn't do a pod from, from April, you know, last, what did I say? The last one I did was April 22nd or something with Ryan Lynch, Timber Surfco, timbersurfco.com, timbersurfco.com. And, uh, and then I think I was just lazy and I just didn't do a pod. I wanted to take a break, whatever. And then this tragedy struck. My best friend is only 40 years old, is gone. My world is rocked and fuck doing a podcast, you know? And so that first month, I don't have an excuse. My last month, I have an excuse, right? Not that you need it, but I'm glad you're here, by the way. I'm sure my listenership went down and, you know, they say the key to podcasting is being regular with it. And I do get emails from like, networks sometimes or like increase your podcast impressions you know instagram you know like i don't even know what they do they're just services and i always pass on them because i'm not doing that for this i'm not doing this for that um if something came if someone wanted to sponsor me and they contacted me and said hey we'll pay you this for that i'd be like cool i'll do it if i believed in the product and i've done a little couple giveaways with the roco and um you know, Lazy Surfer is a pretty cool, you know, wave app uh, that will tell you when the, you know, when the when the stars align, when the conditions are right, based on your preferences that you log through each surf session. And we do little, we've done some giveaways. Um, damn, there, there's a surf, I don't even know what they're called, surfrepair.com, something like that, like a Dean Repair Insurance Company. No, they weren't, they didn't do an advertising, we did giveaways. But my point is, if it organically comes to me, I'll embrace it. But I, I'm not out here for clout. And uh, and you may have noticed, I'm sure some of you have Instagrammed me. I haven't had my Instagram app for two and a half months. I don't even know if I'm going to check it. Actually, I'm sure I'll check it sometime. I just got to find my password and re-download it. Maybe I'll do that after I put, po- in fact, I will do that when I post this because I like to post that a new podcast is up to all uh of my 500 listeners worldwide, 500 followers worldwide, and listeners worldwide. Shit, 500's a, 500's my number, I reckon. Anyway, I got this fish, and I tell you what, I'm no shortboard ripper. You know me. I love me. My 8-0 egg is really where my wheelhouse, but I went surfing maybe for the first time after uh, Daniel passed away. I went with my buddy Craig, and I was feeling shitty, but I think Daniel was smiling on me because two set waves came my way at the hook second bowl. And I think I surfed him about as good as I've ever surfed before. I cruised, I angled it. I got up, I pumped right to the top, then went down, went up, cut back, went down, went up. And I felt, you never get a wave so good. You almost feel guilty about it. I paddled back with, I was like, damn, that was fun. And then I got another one. 
And I think I was greedy then. I don't even think it was my turn. Uh, I think it just, well, technically it wasn't my turn, but it just came to me and I saw no one else was going for it. And I, I, I took it and I grabbed it. I surfed it, I smacked it, flipped it. And I even think I wrote it all the way in. So uh, anyway, that's, that's my surf talk <laughs> for the extent of uh, <laughs> this pod likely. Actually, I know I have some more surf talk to follow here, but let me just finish my story. So I practiced with the squad for uh, a month and a half or so. And it was all a lead up to this big seven game tournament. District 39, I want to say. And it's so cool. Look, uh, Joe plays for Scotts Valley All-Stars. San Lorenzo Valley All-Stars were there. Aptos, which is the creme de la creme of the area of baseball. Um, Santa Cruz Little League. Capitola Soquel Little League. Pajaro Valley Little League. Live Oak. And, and it's all this lead up for this game and it's double elimination, right? So in other words, you, you lose and then you, if you lose one, you go to this thing called the loser's bracket. And from the loser's bracket comes a, uh, a finalist. Uh, from the winner's bracket, the team that never loses eventually makes its way to the finals and waits for the, uh, uh, the winner of the loser's bracket. And it's hype, 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 hype. And you get your uniforms and you get practice jersey and cool hats. And, you know, the team's going to be on the 4th of July parade float uh, today, later today. You get all this glory. And uh, it's really cool. And it was really an, an honor for Joe. And I don't, I don't think he realizes how special uh, this last month has been for him in terms of his baseball development. Also, just like for a childhood memory to take with you. All these kids, you know, there's only 12 kids selected and Long story short, Joe was named the starting catcher. Uh, we get our ass kicked against Capitola Soquel. They 10-run us on a Saturday, last Saturday. So, you know, they were nervous. And, you know, I think the moment was a little too big. Adrenaline was pumping. Cap, Sotel, Cap Soquel playing on their home field whooped us. Next day we come back. We have a barn burner of a game against SLV. And we beat them. And we send them home. And then two days later, we play Live Oak. We knock them out. We send them home. And then big, bad Santa Cruz. Frankly, probably a better team. Power hitters. They intimidated Joe when we watched them play earlier that week. Uh, they had two back-to-back ground rule doubles over the fence. They have a, a great pitcher. They just have a bigger league, right? And so the bigger your league, the more talent you have to draw to build an all-star team. And guess what? We fucking beat them. Walk off. Hey, there's nothing better than rooting, uh, you know, at the demise of a 10-year-old all-star team, right? Send them home. We celebrated. Joe scored the winning run. Pile on. We won three straight. Uh, and then finally, we make it to the semis to face once more Capitola Soquel. And that game was last night. And Capitola Soquel beat us. But, uh, you know, I had this little cross that I got at Daniel's burial and I kept it in my pocket and I, I held on to it. And I swear to God, it, it gave me so much comfort because when you're a parent watching your kid, you're kind of pacing back and forth and you have your sunflower seeds. I really fell in love with the cracked pepper, David's sunflower seeds. And, um, and I had this cross in my pocket and we were down four to two against Santa Cruz going in to, I want to say the, the bottom of the, the bottom of the six, which is the last inning. And we, maybe it was three to four. I don't even remember, but I remember going to the bathroom and I thought, oh man, oh God, I hope we could pull this off. Cause we just played, we, we left a lot of money on the table. We, had, we stranded base runners 
And uh, fuck, I bet you're bored with this right now if you don't like baseball, but whatever. Anyway, and I remember, oh shit, I got that cross in my pocket. I grabbed, I grabbed that crucifix, I kind of rubbed it, I kissed it. I said, Big Daniel, come on now, make something happen for me, will you? <laughs> and uh, I don't know if Big Daniel did a damn thing or if he's even aware of what's going on. He certainly is alive in my heart, and I want to bring him alive in this pod by saying his name. But whatever the case, we won that game. We got on base. Joe got on base, eventually gets to third. He steals second. He gets knocked over to third. He scores. Uh, somehow that was the winning run. Uh, a kid named Kyle hit the game winner, walk off. It was such a celebration. And honestly, it was their championship. I mean, I just got the vibe like, look, whatever happens in the next game doesn't matter. We won three games in this tournament. We're going to finish the tournament at minimum three and two with a winning record. And, uh, and that's what happened. And uh, last night we lost. And the great Ryan Lynch showed up too, which was so cool. Capitola Soquel coaches were super rad too. Uh, I got to tell you, you know, some, some I'm not going to, I don't want to name names, but some leagues have a much more cockier, douchier vibe. Uh, and it's kind of funny seeing the ecosystem of each little league, uh, just the demographics and just the vibe of the parents and the kids. And Cap Soquel has a good vibe. Cute, cute little baseball fields. Anyway, that's pretty granular, right? So anyway, you know, that's been what I've been up to. Um, the, the passing of my, my, my buddy Daniel and uh, Little League All-Stars. <laughs> Two sides to the coin. One, one brings me epic joy and the other brings me epic sadness. And I'm still crying about Daniel. I play guitar and I kind of, I'll do, I'll play just to doodle around on it and I'll play a song that reminds me of him and I'll just like stop and just cry. Just got to let it out. It's like sneezing or something. You just got to exercise it. I know some listeners have gone through some tough times during this pod and I was so flattered to to get, you know, uh, an email saying, you know, when my dad was sick, I would listen to your podcast on the way to the hospital and you made me laugh and thank you for that. And that means the world to me. I am not good at replying to things. So if you email me and say, hi, just know I really appreciate it. I'm sorry if it takes me a long time to get back to you, but, um, that's just my nature, I guess. I'm, I'm pretty type A about a lot of things about work, uh, about, um, getting to school on time with my kids, uh, about staying relatively organized, uh, in, in my office and at home. But one of the things I don't do great at sometimes is I, they're just, they're the last on my list is like Instagram messages and then messages about the podcast. So there's that. So, you know, just, just know that. Anyway, let's talk surfing. All right. I got my round nose fish six by 22 by two and five eights. It's really pretty. Uh, it's a quad. Um, and uh, I like it. What can I say, man? I'm a, I'm a kind of longboardy dude, except I don't really cross-step a nose ride. Uh, by longboardy, I mean I like nice, big, forgiving boards for, uh, for a gawky 41-year-old who's only been surfing for about 10 years. And it kind of has that feel to it, uh, only it's shorter and it turns faster. So I've taken it out a handful of times. I really enjoy that. I did Baja again. I went to Baja, my annual Baja trip, Bucky, Jason, Jason, we did it. We did the damn thing. I did not record a podcast. I brought the gear, but again, I was in the midst of, I was in the arms of grieving uh, as I still am. And I just was not fucking motivated. And you know, you know, you like kind of like someone dies or something. You think something inspirational is like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, life is short. So, so, so record those podcasts or do what you're passionate about. I also think it goes both ways. That was my impression. Like life is short. If you don't want to do something, don't fucking do it. And I did not, I just didn't feel like recording a pod. I didn't. 
How did I surf, you're asking? Uh, I didn't surf that bad, save for one day where I couldn't get to my fucking feet. And then you're in, in your head. I cooked it three or four times. And then it was just like, why, why am I even trying? But, um, oh, I'll tell you something funny. Uh, the day before, right when we got into town, I had a horrible migraine. I, I probably smoked a couple American spirit cigarettes. And for whatever reason, the migraine kicked in and it kicked in in the water. I brought my Edo egg this time. I brought my egg and my new lost fish. And I got a migraine so bad, I had to throw up out in the water and I straight up vomited. And maybe having a migraine helps you surf better because I probably surfed the best that 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 session that I did the rest of the trip. <laughs> my, probably my, my body was quiet. I got decent waves. I kicked out in time. Uh, I, I surfed with integrity and uh, I threw up and a sea turtle swam over and started eating it, which was kind of funny. Um, and uh, I don't know, that, that, was, that was the extent of one surf experience there. Uh, the next day I woke up, you know, feeling great. Well, had a good night's sleep and uh, surfed absolutely horrible. Uh, the next two days, uh, I surfed okay. I did. I surfed okay. And it was by virtue of bringing the right board, right? I'm just not, a, I'm not going to slash shortboard, you know, top turn, bottom turns. It's just not me. I'm not going to do it. I need to forgive myself for that and, and move on and surf the tools that, you know, you got to take advantage of your advantages, right? And my advantage are big fat ass boards <laughs> and going straight. So my current quiver right now as it stands is, um, uh, well, let's go through my timber. You know, Ryan has made me this twin pin. Uh, uh, certainly a hot rod, the most hot rod short boardy uh, board in my quiver. And I have gotten a handful of decent waves on it, although I have not given, given it its just due just yet. I will get in the mood to surf it more. Um, so I have that by Timber Surf Co. I have my, my 710 Superfish, my Longfish Corky by Timber Surf Co. Uh, of course, I got my Nose Rider by Michelle Junot, 90 regular old, no, 910 regular old Nose Rider. It's a beef, an aircraft carrier. If I ever really, you know, uh, am lazy and I want to wear a 5'4 wetsuit, I will surf that. Or, of course, if the waves are ankle high, that, that's the one you take. I got my 80 egg. That is my all-timer. If I ever want to increase my confidence level or I just feel like, hey, I want to surf good today, I should surf that. And I should surf that likely almost every time I go out. My buddy Craig borrowed it and he didn't want to give it back because he did so good on it. And it is, it's like the easy button of surfboards. Michelle's, you know, egg, it's 20, it's 20 fucking three inches wide. It's three and an eighth thick. It's eight, eight feet long. I mean, come on, but it, it works. It's single fin. And, uh, I got, I put a Greeno eight inch in there and a Greeno four, eight inch. And, uh, I don't know. I've had the best ways of my life on it. Took it down to Baja. It rewarded me. I got that fish that I bought. And I have my speed seed, my 7.0 speed seed. I feel like I'm missing something. I have too many boards. I do. I have too many boards. I got this Timber Surf Co. Reclaim Lumber 6.2 that was made for me for my 40th birthday party. Kind of retired that to the wall. It's pretty much a wall hanger. It's in our living room. It looks really cool. I got this 7.10 kind of gunny board that my father-in-law had shaped for him that he gifted to me. That's in my office. It's this cool seafoam green. It's a beautiful board. But anyway, that's my current, that's the state of my, my quiver at this moment. And we're going to have to nominate my 8-0 Junode egg as my favorite board. So, you know, I think that's what I got for you. I'm stoked that I recorded this. 
uh, it feels good to share this information with you. You know, you could write me and say, I'm sorry and that stuff. And I appreciate that. But I, I know that just by you listening, you know, I'm sure life has happened to you too, uh, in some areas like tragedy. And I mean, life's happening to all of us. And the shitty part is I, you just, you never know what's around the corner. It's true. So I don't know. I wish I could tell you some sage wisdom, but life's life can be fucked up. So, you know, listen to some stupid podcasts like this one. Try to laugh when you can. I'm a big believer in laughing at uh, really dark moments and situations. And, uh, and I have made some crude jokes in light of this, uh, in light of this, in light of this, uh, time of my life. And, uh, I always get a kick out of, and you know, big Daniel was like that too. He would make, we would, we would laugh at some dark shit. <laughs> I think if you could laugh at some dark shit, why not? Because, uh, because life's going to find a way of walloping you in the side of the head anyway. It's inevitably gets painful at some points in your life, but it's also beautiful. Surfing's a big part of finding uh, happiness, of being present out there. You know, I like playing guitar. You can kind of lose yourself for a couple seconds playing guitar and singing. And I think surfing's that way too. There's an addictive quality of, uh, of being present where you don't have the bandwidth to um, perceive anything else but that face of that wave. You know, as you're making that drop, as you're getting to your feet, you know, there's those few finite moments where you lose yourself. And I think that's, I think that's really good for you. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to, um, we're going to decorate our, uh, yeah, we do have a golf cart. How bougie is that? We're going to do a little 4th of July parade in our neighborhood and we're going to go do another 4th of July parade, uh, and root on, uh, Josie and the Scotts Valley 10 year old all stars. And I'll certainly be keeping my buddy Daniel in my heart. By the way, Daniel, Dr. Daniel Coleman, uh, was, got his doctorate in, I want to say psychology, and uh, he worked with um, he worked with gang youth. He worked with troubled youth. He helped uh, communities uh, in San Jose, specifically uh, Washington United Youth Center. He worked for Catholic Charities of Santa Clara County, and he was great at his job. He mentored kids. He he threw community events, um, haunted houses, uh, posada events during Christmas. He really got his got his hands dirty, so to speak. He walked the walk. He he um, he really found his stride in the last decade of his life. And um, you know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to honor the podcast or honor Daniel, check out Catholic Charities of Santa Clara County, and you know, throw him ten bucks. They do outstanding work. Daniel did outstanding work, and I was overwhelmed by. Um, his cohort, you know, the people that I met at his service and at his rosary um, that just really went on and on about how great Daniel was for them and how big of a loss this is for Catholic Charities of Santa Clara County, specifically the Washington United Youth Center. He was a director of some sort. You know, I'm sure he did more and I'm not doing it justice, but I know he did good work with kids who needed mentorship. So anyway, um, that's all I got for you. I love you. I'm glad I'm doing this pod again. My wife encouraged me to do it. Ryan Lynch encouraged me to do it. Andrew, I see you. 
uh, in our neighborhood. He told me he listened to the pod, which, which, which definitely put a little wind in my sail to get up and get off my ass and do it. So I woke up this morning and I thought, what the fuck? I'm going to record a podcast again. So I'm happy to re-engage with you. I'll be back. I still want to get uh, Jason on and I just want to go, I want to brainstorm every board we've owned in our 10 years of surfing. I think, I don't know if that'd be good for you to listen to, but I, it'd be fun for me to do so. So I'm going to do it sooner than later. So Jason, if you're listening, text me and let's set it up. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Midlife Surfer Podcast and peace. peace. And I'm on the block. Running from the cop, shooting at the ops. You know what I'm saying?